Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. You can truly receive just personally, intimately his love for you because it was so powerful. And he came down, left his glory to be like us so that we could trust him and know that, that he knows us, that he suffered with the same things that we do, but he didn't sin. But he gave himself up for us willingly went to the cross knowing what he was going to bear. And I know when I feel shame inside of me, it's heavy, I, you know. But I can't even really imagine the shame of all of us on him that he bore, how heavy that must have been. And what a strong Jesus we had in the flesh that was truly Jesus in his glory and then his glory goes from glory to glory as he's lifted up and back in his full glory in heaven and then um, powerful the power of the resurrection the power of the cross all of that now in him and that's where I wanted to go with this this morning that's why I wanted to end with how we see the Lord now and to really just walk with him through this stuff intimately and personally because it's all for you. It's all for you. So his love, his love is, it's more than we can even imagine how he loves us and how he forgives us. So, and you can trust in him. You can trust in him and you can walk in it. And you don't have to be separated from him ever. Mm-hmm. So... Amen. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> hmm. And check them in. I just want to bless the teachers and the children today. Yes. Just to abide in Jesus, to learn to let him live through them. I bless the children to receive Jesus at an early age. In your name. That's good because I could get distracted by by the audience of one over there. <laughs> Probably lose my train of thought and everything. <clears throat> so there, there was this uh, guy who teaches religion at LCCC and the University of Wyoming. His name is Lynn. Uh, I think my son took one of his classes at UW. Uh, And when we had the coffee shop going, he would come in every week and we would talk. And I probably should say he would talk and I would politely listen behind the counter, because that's what you do. It's kind of almost like being a bartender, I guess, when you're the barista at a coffee shop. And uh, he he had some pretty strong ideas about different religions since he had studied them. Um, and he he really 
had come to the conclusion that basically all religions are basically the same. Uh, you know, be good and it'll turn out for you well in the end. And, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, that probably is what Christianity looks like to a lot of people. But certainly the intention is much different than that. And that's really what, what I want to get into today. I, I probably would uh, give this message um, <clears throat> the title living out our true identity. Uh, and, and I'm only going to come at it from, from one angle today because there, there are a lot of different angles that, that we need to come at that truth with. Uh, but the reality is that in Christ, we're, we're called to live a completely different kind of life. And that is because it, it's not our life that is being lived anymore. It's the life of someone else within us that, that is to be coming out. And <clears throat> that is, is an entirely different concept than live a good life and it will go well for you in the end. Uh, because, you know, we, we saw in, in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel uh, who had all the, the law, all the rules of how to be good <laughs> so that it would turn out well for them in the end. And we see in the Old Testament how that turned out for them. Uh, it, it did not go well. They, they were not able to do it. And that's what we find out in the New Testament, that, that God knew that all along, that they weren't going to be able to do it. But he had provided another way for us to be able to do it. And, and for, for a lot of Christianity, I think, uh, it's, it's the old covenant with a new covenant name because it's still about us doing right and and doing better and and being better and it's not going to go any better for us at that than it did for Israel and even those who, who have somewhat a, a right theology, we, we have the Holy Spirit, but the, the deposit of the Holy Spirit that's within us isn't to make us be able to do the right thing. <laughs> it's so that we have the deposit of this other life that is the life of Jesus, the life of God, 
And the intent of God is that that life come forth. And, and that, that is a different, those are two exceedingly different ways to live, ways to go about life. And, and one is, is going to end up in guilt and condemnation and failure because that's just the way it is. The, the other allows the, the life of heaven to come and, and just be tracked all over the city. And it's, it's very different. Even though for an outside observer, <laughs> well, I, I think as, as we approach the time of the very end, it's, it's going to be pretty apparent <laughs> which, which of those two options uh, a believer of Jesus is, is living in. But uh, for right now, it's, it's not that easy to tell the difference. So, <clears throat> anyway, how many of you got my email this week and you actually read the, the little uh, thing at the end? The, a handful of you did. That's, that's good. <laughs> were, were you interested in, in hearing a little more about uh, having a new past? Okay, well, we're, we're eventually going to get there because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making an end around to that. Okay, <laughs> so I, I think we will, we will get to that. But first, I, I want to... The primary passage that I want to look at today is one that I'm quite sure I've never heard a message on. And it's, it's probably one of the more troubling passages in, in the whole New Testament for uh, Bible students. Uh, it, it's in John chapter 6. And, and some of you already know what I'm talking about. Jesus had, had fed the 5,000 in, in this account in, in the book of John. And in, in the book of John, John doesn't relate that Jesus asked the disciples to feed everybody. But in John's account, we see that he, Jesus did tell them to go see how much food was available. And then miraculously, the 5,000 were, were fed. And there were 12 baskets full of food left after feeding the 5,000. And what that tells me is that there was a lot of food. Because these people were not used to eating the way we eat in America. They, they weren't used to having more available to eat than could be consumed. So I'm thinking that when that miracle took place, everybody was stuffed. I, I mean seriously, just because it was free. They, they didn't have to cook it, make it. They, they didn't have to buy the ingredients. I, I mean, th this was an opportunity for them. And, and so the multitude followed Jesus 
to the other side of the lake because they thought, man, <laughs> this is incredible. We get to sit and listen to this amazing teaching and then we have a smorgasbord at the end. I could live like this. And I think that really is, is what a lot of them were thinking. And when you look at Jesus' uh, discourse, that we're, we're going to get to that uh, shortly. Uh, that's, that was Jesus' reasoning, that all these people are here be, because they had the, their flesh and blood body filled with food. They're not getting what I'm trying to tell them about. And so in, later in John chapter 6, as we're going to look at, um, <clears throat> Jesus gives this hard message, and the vast majority of the people say, oof, even if there's free food, I don't know if I can hear this. And, and they almost all left. So anyway, we're... I'm going to work our way there. What I'm focusing on is trying to enter into the life of Christ coming forth in us. Uh, Galatians 2.20, uh, where Paul says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. There those aren't just nice words that Paul was saying. There, there is a reality of that for us to enter into. And that's really what I want to look at today. Because that only is the solution for our country. That, that only is the solution for the world, for uh, the the deep darkness, you know, I, Isaiah talks about darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, but the light of the Lord is going to shine on you. That is how this happens. <laughs> so anyway, so how how do we even get into the possibility of of this kind of life of entering into the life of Christ? Or the other side of that is the life of Christ coming forth in us. It, it starts, John chapter 3, that, that we have to be born into this. Uh, it's, it's not something just anybody can enter into. And Jesus, in his discussion with Nicodemus, one of the religious leaders who was hungry for truth and, and came to Jesus in, in John 3, uh, we'll start in verse 5. Jesus says to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, which is the physical, natural birth, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And that last verse is a whole message in itself. 
<clears throat> but basically, there, there, there is no understanding someone who is led by the Spirit. Because you just don't know what they're going to do next. Because that, that's the way it was with Jesus. And we're going to see that in, in John 6. And then we, so many times I, I uh, go to the passage in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 12 through 19, but we're just going to look at 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation or a, a new type of creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So there's, there's so much there. But <clears throat> the key is, once we're born of the Spirit, we are a new creation. The old has passed away, including our old past. Including our, our old future. Because we, we were going somewhere, <laughs> and when we were born of the Spirit, there was a detour. <laughs> we, we now have a, a different trajectory. So our past is new. Our future is new. Our present is new because the present is just what's in between the past and the future. And it keeps passing by, like now. Now it's in the past. <laughs> you get it, anyway. So, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus gives us a key to this new life in the Spirit because he says, and, and this is, when he's being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And one of his responses, he responded to Satan every time with Scripture. And this time he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So bread, physical bread, feeds our physical body. Our physical body wants physical food, because we, we have these things, hunger pains, if, if we don't feed our physical body. Most of us in America aren't real familiar with what those things are, but they do exist, and we discover or rediscover them when we fast. But man who is born of the Spirit cannot live by physical food alone. We can physically live with physical food alone, but those who have been born of the Spirit cannot. Because we it's it's possible to have a a healthy physical body and, and a very emaciated, weak, underdeveloped spirit. And that's what we don't want to happen. Because the intent of God is that our, our spirit within us 
would grow and mature and become stronger and and eventually take a place of ascendancy within our being so that we're actually led by our spirit, which is in communion with the spirit of God within us, instead of the soul. But the soul and the body have this... Uh, I don't know, agreement, uh, treaty, uh, something, uh, where they, they would like to keep things as they were in the old past and keep the spirit weak. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're going to get to more of that later. So... <clears throat> Jesus is giving us a clue that we need spiritual nourishment, spiritual food and drink, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, to feed our, our spirit being. Okay, let's move on to John chapter 6. This is, this is where we were headed. And we're going to pick up uh, in verse 26. After the miracle of feeding the 5,000, the miracle of Jesus walking on the water, because he, after the 5,000 were fed, Jesus went off by himself to feed his spirit, to be alone with God. And he sent the 12 in a boat to the other side, and he thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'll see you over there. <laughs> and they, they had learned enough at that point, they didn't ask questions. They, okay. <laughs> he'll get there somehow and they see him walking on the water and anyway we're skipping that whole part of the story <clears throat> and even the multitude who followed to the other side of the lake they they wondered because they had seen the disciples get in the boat and go to the other side they they knew jesus wasn't in the boat and they they wondered how he got there and now Jesus is speaking to the multitude in John six twenty six, And Jesus answered them and said, Truly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father, God, has set his seal. Therefore they said to him, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So they said to him, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. 
Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. And so they, they continue to have this difficult discussion where Jesus is speaking up here and they're speaking down here. And Jesus is, is speaking about the true bread from heaven that feeds us to eternal life. And they're still focused on having their bellies filled the day before. And, and they want to know what they can do so that they can create food out of next to nothing for the rest of their lives and live well-fed and not hungry for the rest of their lives. And, and they're, they're just not getting it. That, I, those are the works of God that, that they wanted to do. They, they weren't really interested in eternal life. They weren't really interested in uh, righteousness. They, they just they liked being full. <laughs> and, and we know that feeling. And, and, and it was rare to them to, to have that feeling of being completely full. And, and they liked it. So, and, and Jesus says in verse 27, Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father has set his seal. And that means to, to work or to labor as in a field of endeavor, the sense of being active or exerting one's facilities and powers toward something. So what, what Jesus is, is trying to get across to them is don't focus your life just on, on feeding your stomach. Don't, don't just work toward that. Work toward this eternal life. Focus your energies, your endeavor, toward eternal things. And, and, and that, that, is, that is the key. That, that's the key to having a hope of the life of Christ coming forth in us. Because, again, the, the reality is, for those of us who are born of the Spirit, the life of Christ is within us already. We, we have the deposit of the Holy Spirit. We, we are new creatures. The old has passed, the new has come. Can we continue to live with the old past and the old future? Well, I think we can. It, it's, it's not a good choice. <laughs> there, there is a much higher choice, uh, but we can. If, if, we, if we don't follow Jesus' advice here, if, if we never feed our spirit man and our, our spirit man just stays an infant and, and weak 
for, for lack of, of food, uh, it, it will never gain ascendancy in, in our life. It, it, it is a choice. And, and that is what Jesus is saying here. Again, do, do not work, do not endeavor, do not focus your attention, do not do all of that focusing on the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Because, I mean, we, we have to understand we are spirit beings. Uh, and and our, once we've been born of the spirit, our life in the spirit is eternal. And, and we, we live in, in these physical bodies so that we can physically relate to uh, the physical world around us. Uh, <clears throat> there, there is a, uh, a natural aging process that happens to our physical bodies. The maturing process is different. Okay, <laughs> you you know what I'm saying. We're, you know, if I'm 50 today, which I'm not, um, a year from now I'll be 51. If if that were true, I'm actually a little older than that. Uh, but that's that's naturally going to happen. Uh, am, am I? Am I naturally going to be more mature a year from now uh, than than I am today? Well, no. Only only if I pursue those things that that will grow me up. And this is easier to see in in a child or a, a young person that the, the maturing process takes something. It's not an automatic natural thing like the aging process. Well, the same thing is true of, of our spiritual growth and maturity. We, it's, it's not automatic. It, it's not guaranteed. And, and that is, that's what Jesus is talking about here. And... <clears throat> And that, is, that sets the context for the whole rest of the chapter, which, which gets hard to take when you don't see it in the context that, in which Jesus is speaking. So let's, let's just go on to uh, verses 48 through 58, because th- this is the difficult part of, of the passage. And we're all familiar with, with verse 48 where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And this, this is where, you know, they, they've, had, they've gone back and forth with this discussion, Jesus speaking up here, they're speaking down here, and, and finally he's just going to lay it out for them. This, look, you've you got to get this. So he says, I am the bread of life. I'm not the manna that came out of heaven that you could eat physically, but I am the manna that came down from heaven. And, okay, well, we'll get into it. So 49. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This, I, am the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. 
I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give for the life of the world, is my flesh. So he's, he's relating to the sacrifice that he would soon make of his body on the cross. As the bread. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And they're still not getting it at all. <clears throat> so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Well, we know as, as we read on that they, they, they never got it. And because they didn't realize that he was speaking of spiritual things, his, his following went down from probably more than 10,000. Know, it was 5,000 men. So you add women and children, 20,000? It's hard to say <clears throat> how many he actually fed and how many followed him. But when they heard this, they said, you know, who, who can take this teaching? I mean, we're, we're not a bunch of cannibals. We're <laughs> that, that's exactly what they were thinking. I, I mean, how... How, how can he tell us that, that we're going to eat his body and drink his blood? That's sick. I'm out of here. And, I mean, at the end of the chapter, he even has the discussion with the disciples who remain. Are, are you guys going to leave too? I mean, the getting's good. <laughs> and, and Peter, again, has, has the great answer. Uh, Lord, we, we see that you are the Son of God. Uh, you have the words of life. Where, where else are we going to go? Uh, <laughs> and, and so they got it. They, 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 they got maybe that much of it, but that was all it took. Now, <clears throat> what, what I want us to understand here is that Jesus is speaking about much more than communion. Okay? Because he obviously is speaking of communion, the Lord's Supper, right here. Because in the Lord's Supper that he established with his disciples, we, we drink. And, and we don't believe the Catholic thing that it actually becomes his blood and becomes his, his body when when we eat the bread and, and drink the cup. Uh, that, this is where they get that, by the way. 
But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He, he wasn't saying that we had to physically eat his body and physically drink his physical blood. Jesus often spoke in metaphors. He, he spoke in parables so that most, and, and he told his disciples this. I, I speak this way so that the multitudes will not understand. Because they, they have to really want to understand in order to get it. And they didn't really want to understand. They, they liked a smorgasbord. So, other than communion, what is Jesus really saying here? Is that, I mean, there's, there's, there's a deeper message here that is, is really important for us to get. And so if we understand that Jesus is, is speaking about spiritual things, which obviously is, is what he is speaking of, how, how do we spiritually eat his flesh and, and drink his blood. Well, in communion, we do that spiritually. It's, it's an observance. It's a remembrance. It, it has blessing for us. There, there's a reason that we do it every week. And yes, we are still going to do it, but I, I thought it might be more meaningful this week if we actually did it together at the end rather than in the middle of worship. That's, that's why we're switching things up a little bit today. So, what does it mean to eat? What, what happens when, when we eat physical food? There's, there's some truth here, okay? If, if we eat whatever, eat a, an elk steak or a hamburger, whatever. We, we eat it, it physically goes into our physical body. It's, it's processed, and, and the nutrients actually become part of us. You know, some of it we get rid of, but some of it actually becomes part of us, and it strengthens us to, to go on, to live, to, to do physical things. So how, how do we uh, assimilate into our spirit the the body and and blood of Jesus. So what what did John say about Jesus in in John chapter one? He said the Word became flesh and and dwelt among us, and he brought the light, but the people preferred darkness and. There's something there, though. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And without Him, nothing came into being that came, has come into being. There's something here. <laughs> There's something really important here. 
There's, there's a way of feeding, a, a way of nourishing our spirit in the Word of God, the written Word of God. It's, it's more than just reading it, although that will help. <laughs> just reading it is better than not reading it, just leaving it sit on the shelf. But... If, if we realize that the Spirit of God is within the written word and the Spirit of God is within us and the Spirit of God wants to illuminate what's in here to reveal to us the living word which is Jesus the Christ, then we, we need to approach this a little differently than any other book. And, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us Jesus. And, and to feed our spirit being when, when we come into this book. Because Jesus said, do, do not labor just for that physical food. I mean, he, he recognized that, yeah, we have to labor somewhat to to feed ourselves, our family, pay bills, you know, all, all of that. But he, he's saying labor for the life that is in this to feed the life that is within us. There, there is a washing of the water with the word that Paul talks about. And and that's that's what happens. And I, you know, there's there's this Misty Edwards song that is so good, and she probably wrote this song when she was in her teens, when IHOP was just barely getting started. And the words go something like this: I'll I'll take my cold. Because it's, it's just the reality for all of us. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my cold, cold heart. Well, I can't even remember the words now. I could probably sing it. <laughs> I'll take my cold, cold heart. Um. <laughs> I'll take my unrenewed mind. I'll take your word in my hand. And I'll give you time to come and melt me. That is what Jesus is talking about. 
There's none of us that, that don't have a cold heart. If we stay away from that flame for any length of time. Because there, there is a reason that things are called natural. Because it's, it's the natural state of, of us. And, and our natural state, apart from being close to the flame of God, is that we're going to be cold and our, our spirit is, is going to become weak, and, and a feeling of lifelessness related to the life of heaven. And if, if we don't work to, to feed our spirit, as Jesus is saying here, don't just, don't just work for the physical food. Work for the food that leads to eternal life. And it, it's, it's only a, a fed, alive spirit that can possibly allow the life of Christ to come forth in us. Because <laughs> otherwise it, it's not naturally going to happen. And so... You know, naturally, we, we focus on our old past, which wants to aim us to our old future. But God has a different past for us, <laughs> truly. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live in faith by the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, if I have been crucified with Christ, my, my old past is, is dead. It, it was on the cross. That, well, that's my, that's my new past. Is my new past is, is that the old me is dead. <laughs> now, it it still wants to rear its ugly head. It it wants to remind me of habits that I used to have and ways of thinking that I used to have. Because the reality is we've gotten comfortable with those things. Not not that we like the outcome, we're we're just used to them. And but the reality is that that old person died. And and there was there was a new life that came in. But you know don't don't you just wish <laughs> that you could turn off free will? You you could just say <laughs> once and for all Okay, God, just just take over, and <laughs> and He would just do it. 
but he doesn't give us that option. And it would be so much easier if, if we didn't have to just choose every second. Am I going to live from my old past with its sinfulness, its brokenness, its lack, its... If you fill in the blank. Because if, if we just keep thinking about all that stuff that is dead and, and it's, it's left on the cross, we, we, we bring it back to life. And, and that's not good for us. <laughs> it, it keeps us from the new future that God has for us, which, which actually is the life of Christ coming forth in us. But the thing that Jesus is, is really saying here, we, we have to understand <clears throat> if anyone eats this bread, we, we don't study a whole lot of English language anymore. <laughs> we studied a lot more of it when I was a kid. I think our kids studied more of it than most do since they were homeschooled. But what's the, the tense of that verb? To eat. It's a present continuing verb. We can't just do it once. <laughs> There's a requirement that we continue to eat his flesh and drink his blood every day. It's it's like the the life holder of our being is is like what what are those things you pour spaghetti in to get rid of the water a colander yeah it's like our our life holder in our being is like a colander and it has a bunch of holes in it and and that's God's design. It's his intent. Because his, his intent was that we would fill it up every day, and then as, as we walk around and go and live life, it, it would, that life would just spill out everywhere we go. And, you know, I, I was just reminded of that preparing for John's funeral. John Canette, that that's, that's just, it's who he was. The, the life of God just, <laughs> it, it oozed out of him. You, if you were around him, you just couldn't help but getting it on you. And everybody who knew him would say the same thing. And, and that is God's intent, it is his design. That, that we leak. In fact, he, he said if, the, if we get enough life coming into us, we, 
we get into this abiding kind of living, that, that it would actually be like rivers of living water that would flow out of us. It wouldn't just be a colander anymore. It would just be a, a big, like, a fire hydrant when they open up those things and it just sprays halfway across the road. That is God's intent. But it, it takes a, a continual drawing near, a, a continual feeding of the life of God that is in us. And, and that, is, that is what Jesus was, was talking about there. Hmm. So let me close with just one, one last thought. And it has to do with inheritance. You know, if, if we live out of our old past, we, we are confronted with lack. The things that we should have received from maybe from our parents, maybe from, you know, who, who knows who else, teachers, friends, uh, whoever. We, there, there's a reality of lack that, that we all experienced, whether it was lack of love or lack financially or, or lack of whatever. And so we, we tend to project that into our future. But as, as the people of God we have an inheritance. And, and this is probably a message for, for another day, talking a lot more about inheritance and developing this idea. And you, you might say, well, yeah, to get an inheritance, somebody has to die. <laughs> well, in our new past, somebody did. It was Jesus, <laughs> and it was us, right? <laughs> if I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. So whose inheritance are, are we living in? Did, did Jesus have an inheritance? Yeah. <laughs> He's seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning over creation, just waiting for the full establishment of that. But he, he already completely defeated the whole kingdom of darkness and kingdom of this world and has the keys and he's given us the authority. So, David had this concept of inheritance. And he wrote in Psalm 16, 5 and 6, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. 
indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. The Lord is our inheritance. You know, imagine my immaturity and uh, lack of wisdom. Uh, I I could go on. (laughs) But in in one of my first readings of the Old Testament about the Levites and the fact that only God was their inheritance, they, they didn't get land and and me thinking that was a bad deal for them. <laughs> That's why I said, you know, consider it immaturity, lack of wisdom, fill in the blank. That's our inheritance. Cuz we're we're a nation of priests. And and the Lord is our portion. He, lack is is not even in his vocabulary. The the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It, It is all his. And and that is that's the funding for our future. So you know, just before you go to bed or before you go to sleep at night, just just think about this. You know, what what would I do for the kingdom of heaven in Cheyenne or beyond if resources were, were not even a constraint? Because that's the reality that we live in. <laughs> We, we don't have to live out of lack anymore. The Lord is our portion. But we just have to feed on that portion. Because there, there is a... Um, this, the life of God in us will will impact the lives of others. And and the life of God is intended to be shared with others. Through our living, through our speaking. You know, as as a nation of priests, we we bring God to the people and we bring the people to God. And you know, I, I was I was just as I was preparing the message, I was confronted with with this thought that if if evangelism doesn't feel natural, but it feels kind of forced and awkward, then it's not the life of God that you're really trying to share. You're it, it's being done out of obligation. And, and you might as well just quit because <laughs> you're, 
<laughs> you're not going to be delivering the life of God to whoever it is you're talking to. But the the goal is to feed on God our portion. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So much that it just becomes natural. And you you just you you would have to try not to do it rather than trying so hard to do it. And and that that really is the idea of of ministering from God rather than for God. And and we always want to minister from God. Cuz then it'll be full of life and and it will be the life of heaven touching other people so can we pray into that let's let's do that ah jesus i i thank you for the difficult nature of some of your teaching the glory of God to hide a matter but it's the glory of kings to seek it out Lord may we be people who seek out your truth I pray you'd make us a people who delight in your presence who who take in your presence who who feed on you daily. Uh, Lord, there, there is a harvest here in Cheyenne and you, you have a calling for this church as, as part of that. And I, I pray you'd raise us up to, to fulfill our part of that and, and raise up the church in Cheyenne so that Jesus would receive his full inheritance in this city. So Lord, give us hunger and thirst for you, Jesus. For your sake and and your glory. Amen. Don't you just want to go eat, (laughs) but not physical food right now? (laughs) Probably physical food too, yeah. So we will have our prayer team in in the prayer room over here. Um, Make sure you talk to, oh yes, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) We'll do communion right now. I'm glad you reminded me about that. (laughs) So the eternal life, and and Jesus says in Matthew 6.54, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. 
He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. And we know that he's not just talking about what we're about to do. But there is a a remembrance, there is a spiritual value to what we're doing that that is beyond what I think we can understand in in the natural. Hey guys, I'll take one too if you're if you're done on this side. Tim, <laughs> can I get some? <laughs> I don't want to be left out here. I just love the sound of little kids. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> hmm. So we understand that eternal life is not just in the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup, it's in accepting, appropriating, and assimilating the life of Jesus Christ within us. And his intent is that we do that to the point that his life begins to come out of us naturally. everybody I think everybody has so Jesus we we thank you for your body that was broken for us we thank you for the sacrifice of your body and we receive you wholly in into our being you are life Take and eat the bread. And Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was poured out for us. We thank you for all the benefits of your blood. And we receive those benefits into our being. 
we remember and we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for a new past. Thank you for a new future. Thank you for an inheritance. Let your life come forth in us for your glory. Amen.